Most studio owners decide to open their fitness and wellness businesses because they want to help people and add more meaning into their lives. Their heart is in the right place, they're great people, but scaling a profitable business that feels incredible to own and run is trickier than ever before. So where they get stuck is no one's ever shown them how to run a wildly successful business without the overwhelm and the chaos. Plus, they're doing it all alone. Until now. Welcome to the Geronimo Unfiltered Podcast for ambitious boutique studio owners who are allergic to average and know they're capable of more. They're just missing the how. I'm Dozer, your host, CEO and founder of the Geronimo Academy, and together with my crew and my community of owners and managers who are the doers and the implementers, we are on a mission to pioneer a better way to own and operate a health and fitness business while building a life you love, not hate. So if you're ready to push the boundaries, level up your money, meaning and impact, and stop doing it alone, then you're in the right place. This is going to be raw and unfiltered, zero bullshit. So take a deep breath, strap yourselves in, and let's get fucking started. Studio owners, why aren't you growing? Is it because of the market, the weather, the competition down the road? What if it was none of those things? We're going to cover all of that today and more in this week's show. So... Strap in, take a big deep breath, and get ready. Let's roll the music. All right, we're back. So today I'm going to be talking to you about the real reason your gym isn't growing. We're talking about this because there are some studios closing at the moment. We've worked with over 350 studios Mm -hmm. in about nine different countries, and we've had a a couple ourselves, and Pets had three. So we've talked a lot about this internally, and so I feel like we've earned the right to be able to kind of share what's going on in the hope that it helps someone out there to kind of clarify their thinking and help them succeed. Yeah? Yeah, totally. And I think it's particularly like topical because we talk to owners every single week who are just frustrated, disappointed. They feel desperate almost, and they feel like they've tried every tactic possible, but it's still not working. Hang on. This is your first time on the episode. My first time, yeah. Do you want to say hello? Hello. I'm glad to be here. Who's Soph? Who uh, is Soph? Who is Soph? Uh, well, in the world of Geronimo, I'm best known as the senior growth coach. Before that, I was the manager of your gym. Yeah. And before that, a member yeah. of your gym. Yeah. So I've been around the tracks. And yeah, well, I've been around in, in the industry for a long time in various roles. And so now I help hundreds of managers and owners every single week do the same things that we did to fill up our gyms and make a true meaningful impact in the lives of our members. So it's pretty cool that I've been able to go from helping about 300 members to who knows. 300,000 probably to be honest. Now, so really feel passionate about helping good owners win and the managers out there who used to be the little sofs (laughs) of the fitness world. So you've got a really a unique perspective because you're in it. You're right yeah. in their businesses, right? And you see the ones that are winning and you see the ones that are don't. And you see the separation. Yeah. So we're going to dig into a little bit as to where it sits and yeah. like reveal the truth. And it's not what people are thinking. And I also want to say that I know how it fucking feels. If you listen to our origin story, we were grown into a hole, bro. We just, we had no money in the business. I was too scared to tell a wife and we just hadn't figured it out until we did. So what we're going to share is the big nuggets and the steps underneath that, as well as what people can do to prevent yourself from falling into the kind of scrap pile yeah. with some other studios that unfortunately are shutting. Okay. So I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The real reason you're not growing, it's not what you think, it's because... You're spending too much time focusing on the wrong things. And why is that happening? 
I think personally from speaking to hundreds of people all the time about this, that it's easier to blame external factors than to take a hard look at yourself with love and really reflect on the fact that it could be you or that there is actually things within your control that if you were to admit to yourself that, yeah, maybe that's the thing I should be focusing on, then you're realizing that you're actually failing or you're not doing as good as you would like to be. And that's really confronting. That's really scary. And, and people don't want to fail. Okay, so let's dig into this so people can follow along and just make sure they tick these off or actually move into it, right? So what we see time and time again is that studio owners, you know, put in a lot of effort, they put in a lot of hours, blood, sweat, and tears, hustle, all that kind of stuff. But then when you ask them, what are you actually building? Don't know. They don't know. Well, they're just trying to like not close. Yeah. Yeah. They're cooked by the end of the week. Yeah. And they're in conversations about how much like other gyms are paying in rent or I probably opened up in the wrong area or... The way they filmed the Russian twist in Station <laughs> 8 was wrong. Yeah. Um, all of the trainers out there, every single one of them is shit. None of this works. Yeah, just really... The Facebook marketing isn't working anymore. There's not enough people in my area. No one wants to pay for it. Like just stuff that, one, you can't control it and two, if you can control it, you've just told yourself a story that's going to limit you actually having that control. Mm. That's what we mean when we say focusing on the wrong things. Like instead of focusing on how the exercise looked or the merch that sold out and you can't possibly get any merch, um, focus on the relationships you're building with your members or setting KPIs for your team or leveling up your own leadership and having something that people really want to be a part of. Okay, great. So if we can do this, right, the opportunity here that exists is that Studio owners can really build a business that they absolutely fucking love and a lifestyle that they love because they are building something that is meaningful to them. There's a story that I listened to a Jim Rohn podcast, Live a Beautiful Life. For Living an extraordinary life. An extraordinary life. And he talks about this analogy of, let's just say you walk past a bricklayer every single morning and that person is just laying bricks. Every single day, just laying bricks, all day long, laying bricks. You walk past him one day, a week goes by, three weeks go by, a month go by, six months go by, and they're just still laying bricks. And you walk up to that person and say, hey, dude, what are you actually building? And they go, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just building. You think, oh, okay, we need to get you some help. <laughs> yeah. What the hell are you actually doing? How do you know when it's built then? How do you know when to stop? And How that, do you know when to celebrate? Like It's the same thing for a lot of studio owners that we deal with who just never seem to get past any certain kind of like level and they just get stuck. And when we ask them, what are you actually building? They don't bloody know. Yeah. They don't bloody know. So we have a training part of the drama program called Team 2.0. And in there, we talk about building your vision, building your vision. At the start of the F45, our first studio, mm. we leaned into a couple of questions. Sometimes it's hard to kind of answer, what's your vision? What might be easier is answering questions like, if people turn up on Monday morning and the doors were shut, would anyone care? And if they did, why would they care? Mm. It's almost like writing your your studio's eulogy. Yeah. What would we read out at the funeral? What would people say if they stood up on stage and mentioned your studio in their victory speech because, you know, they won one of your challenges or something like that? Like, what meaning should you have in people's lives? Why did you start this business in the first place? And like a lot of people will say money or something related to that. You could have opened a bank. Like you could have you could opened, have opened a, a cafe. A donut shop. Why did you open a gym? And how are you building that to fulfill that purpose? So my tip there is like really like lean into that. Like grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit on the weekend, no one around, the kids aren't around, you are just by yourself and you're leaning into this thought. 
Like, why am I doing this? Why did I start this in the first place? What am I trying to build here with this business and with my life? Yeah. So that's the first thing is having a vision. I think as well there, like I see a lot of owners who actually limit what they believe is truly possible. Just if there were no rules and no consequences, what could be true? What are the possibilities? What would you feel like is so amazing, something you'd be so proud of? And it's not just about the sessions and the in-studio experience. How does it make people feel? And from a manager's perspective, sorry, an employee. Yeah, you're an employee. Yeah. <laughs> an employee. Getting confused here. From a trainer's perspective. Nice. Why should they come to your gym and work for you and want to do a really great job? And not, it's not a buzzword, but a buzz line is like, no one's ever going to care about my business as much as Why should I do. Why should they? Why should they? And I actually would challenge that. And, you know, when she and say, we can never find good staff. Well, what makes you think you deserve better staff? Yeah. Yeah. True. What are you building? Why should top talent and top members come and join your movement, come and join your mission? And without getting too preachy, this is an exciting opportunity for you. Like for owners that are listening and like maybe you feel a little bit called out and triggered by like what we're saying here. Firstly, ask yourself why. Maybe there's some work for you to explore there. But secondly, this episode can be a real moment for you. Yeah. In first episode, we talked about defining moments. What if this was yours? Yeah, absolutely. So really lean into that, right? Having a vision. Your team can't help you to their best ability if they don't actually know what great looks like for you, what you're trying to build. It's much easier to invite people on the journey and to add their bits to it if everyone knows where it is that you're trying to get to. So that's the first thing. That's a real big thing there. We could talk for hours on that, Mark. Hours. The second thing is because you've got a vision, you've got to have goals. You've got to have goals. So do we work with studios and maybe we've worked with them in the past because, you know, things didn't work out. Does it still surprise you that some studio owners don't have any goals? And if they do have goals, they don't tell their teams? The sad thing is, no, it doesn't surprise me anymore. But it's also shocking at times, particularly from the kind of business that if you're an owner that you're running, it's based on your members having smart goals Mm. and being consistent with them. So... Yeah, we'll often get into conversations where like there's detail problems, drama, stories, and you don't need to feel bad about that. It happens to everyone. But then when we kind of ask more about vision, the plan, where are you trying to go? Have you aligned your team around that? It's like, no. They get stuck so far in the detail and the drama and in the weeds of what's going on. And I told you, I get it. I've been there, right? So we're not better than you. We we understand, but we're the people standing on top of the hole and we're trying to get you out of there because... We need to get you out of there to think about where it is that you're trying to get to so that you know that you're on the right track and actually have somewhere that you're moving to so we're not just bouncing from crisis to crisis. Mm, Yeah, and I suppose we have an interesting perspective because we do see the owners who don't set goals and then they don't achieve them because how can you? All the ones who, on the flip side, are crushing it, they're at record numbers, not just pre-COVID, just all time, which is amazing. And there's themes. So, yeah, if success leaves clues, these are your clues that we're speaking about right now. So, how should someone set their goals? Well, you've got to know what the vision is first and then you've got to reverse engineer it. So, if you want to impact a certain amount of people or hit a certain revenue number because of what that might mean for you and your family and the people around you, then you've got to basically pace that with actual numbers and Again, like we will return to the SMART goal (laughs) analogy. There's no use saying I want to like net 20 every week between now and next month and it's actually we're stumbling into winter. 
So you've got to look at your numbers. You've just got to look at your numbers and know where you want to get to, by what date, and then the inputs to that become a lot clearer. Mm. But just like with your members in the gym who say they want to lose a certain amount of weight, if it doesn't mean enough to them, they're going to get there and then they'll look for the next couple of kilos and then the next couple after that and it'll never actually be something that they celebrate and feel like they've achieved. So the meaning behind those numbers is also super. Are you speaking from experience? Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll dive into my story at some stage, but I do have experience being that member, getting down to a certain weight and it was like looking back on photos like everyone does, nothing wrong with it, like looking amazing, but in my head, I still had that last couple of kilos left to lose. And I hadn't attached like the end point or the lifestyle I actually wanted to have to that or any meaning. It was just like, let's get as lean as possible, hustle there and stay super consistent with it. But ultimately, yeah, without that meaning, it doesn't last. It doesn't make you any happier. And there's just no real true end goal for that. Do we see that with owners at the moment? <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, there's a really awesome owner over in the US who is at all-time high revenue numbers ever. And I asked, are you happy about that? And he said, no. Why not? It didn't feel how he wanted it to feel. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Because money only solves money problems. Yep. And in the same way, like you could sign up 100 members, but you might have an, an extra 100 headaches because you haven't actually specified, hey, I want to build this amazing community of people that I love and do this and that. Back to the vision. Exactly. And that's the meaning there. So I suppose it's like, how do you set goals? Like you actually are all smart, capable, like you're in business, you know how to set actual goals. And if you don't, that's also okay. Like you can consult help for that. But yeah, it doesn't matter what the number is if you don't actually have that meaning. Full stop. So first thing is we've got a vision. Now we've got a goal. Then the third thing is you've got to track it every single week. You've got to track your numbers. So many studio owners they're afraid of numbers or they don't know how to do it. So it's like too hard basket and they sort of like, it's uncomfortable. So they don't look at it. Right. And we're saying this from a place of love. The numbers aren't going to get any better if you ignore them. Yep. We've got to look into it. We've got to lean into it. And we've got to, we've got to do our bit as business owners to lean into what's going on in our business in terms of the numbers. The numbers don't lie. There was a famous Warren Buffett quote, which was trust in God, everyone else trust in data. <laughs> and that's what you've got to do. You've got to track these numbers and with these numbers, you've got to give your team KPIs, so key performance indicators. Owners, I'm here to tell you, like, it's not good. It's not healthy if you don't want to give your team KPIs in case they feel too much pressure and they want to leave. A players want KPIs. A players need KPIs. They need to know how they're going against their targets and they want to strive to help the business. So the KPIs have got to relate to the goals that you've set which is building the vision that you've set. And our role as a leader, our role as a CEO, as the founder, is to set the vision, the values, the mission, and the purpose, and then build the team that will build the dream. That's what it is. Yeah. I'm going to take it a few steps back like to really land this point. A lot of owners won't do the numbers because they are unhappy with them. They're not proud of them, which is kind of like not weighing yourself because <laughs> you know that you've hit a certain weight and you're not happy about it. If that's you, I want you to think about the advice you'd give to a member who's doing the same thing. Mm. We often use gym analogies because it's relatable. It's like if you do your numbers, it's the same as getting your member who wants to lose 10 kilos to track in my fitness pal because you can't be there all the time. It's the best way to get a real read on the business. And so if you can see that Susan on the weekend, you know, she's great Monday to Thursday. <laughs> 
And then on the weekend, she has about 20 margaritas. Then we know we need a strategy for that, for the whatever happens between Friday and, and Monday. Without that information, you have, you're going in blind. You can't measure it. You can't improve it. So in the same way, you can really look at just a few key numbers and point to it. And then immediately, this clarity, just it's a sense of relief is what owners have when they can finally understand their numbers and know that the hard work they're putting in is actually for a purpose. So that's what I would say, step number one. Step number two, and I will like die on this hill, as someone who has been a member who's experienced a high-performing team in the studio and then been a part of it and leading from the front and then now seeing lots of other teams, I am in interesting conversations because I speak to managers one-on-one and then I speak to the owners and the stories are often very different. So they're not communicating, but it's also like, my manager doesn't want to help. They're not invested. They don't want to help the business. And the manager goes, I want to help. I just don't know how. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know what she do. wants. I don't know what she wants. So if you are an owner or um, a leader who is afraid of what might happen, if you do set KPIs or if you do put a polarizing vision in place, take it from me with that perspective, the top talent, the 10 out of 10 performers that you so badly want and need to grow the business that you deserve and want, they need it. Wow, that was, yeah, spot on. Completely agree. So the real reason, just to wrap that up, right? So the real reason you're not growing, mm-hmm. it's not the competition. It's not the area that your studio is in. It's not the territory. It's not the shit trainers out there. And it's not the broken ski erg. The real reason you're not growing is because you're spending way too much time focusing on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. And how we can fix that is by making sure that you have a vision, a vivid vision, right? Vision with your purpose, your mission and your values, right? clearly articulated in there. So anyone that does join your team and even your existing team can really be united and aligned and they reach their highest performance because they know what those things are. Then you've got your vision. You've got to wrap around that. You're going to set some goals, right? Whether they be quarterly goals or every six weeks and yearly goals and really track back, reverse engineer where you want to be by the end of the year and then really track it back to what does it look like by the end of the month, by the end of the quarter, et cetera, et cetera. What are the KPIs that are in place? What's really important in terms of the metrics we need to hit, the metrics that matter to us. Mm. Service member growth, we might be looking at lead numbers, we might be looking at sales conversions, we might be looking at retention and rollover numbers and stuff like that. So once we know what the metrics are, who owns those metrics? Name against it. Put a name against those metrics. Empower them. And give that person ownership of that metric. And as a leader, what we're here to do is to make it really clear what the expectations are, both at an organization level, which is your vision and your values, and more at a role level, which is like, Soph, all I want you to focus on is these two metrics. It might be rollovers and retention. So Soph knows what good looks like, and there's regular feedback cycles So no one gets weird with feedback because you just get into a culture of feedback. Feedback is the currency for? Success. Correct. And we're always tracking. We're always tracking, always tracking, no matter how ugly the the numbers look. Yeah. It just takes the emotion out of it. So much more objective. Now, I know what you're thinking, like, cool story. I'm going to give this to the owners of the KPIs and they're going to freak out, not know what to do, call me a bitch, whatever, not show up for work tomorrow. Make sure and get a pen and paper out, get your notes app out and make sure you've got this in order. You've got to start with a vision. That's the reason why they will buy into the KPIs. So that's why it's in that order. It's not by accident. It's on purpose. Vision, goals, so you're clear and then assigning that and empowering them to own that, live it, breathe it because of the vision and what you see for them in the future because they're a part of that. Correct. So team, that was a junky one. If there's one thing you do today after you listen to this or watch this on YouTube is I want you to book in some time with yourself 
this weekend, a two-hour block by yourself. You're going to take your headphones or something and you'll sit with a coffee or in front of a fire, whatever you need to do to kind of get yourself in the creation mode and start with writing the draft of your vision. And even if you want, send it to us for feedback if you want. Please, I would love to see. Yeah. How will they send it to us? In the show notes, we'll give you some instructions. Only 1% of you will do that, though, who are listening, and we will love to read it. What about this? The 1% that do do this, what will we do? We'll book in a slot with you to get it to 100% and do a, a bit of a game plan on how you'll roll out the second two steps. Fantastic. Cool. So, Soph, have we got an example of how this has happened and a story of a member from the Journal Academy? Yeah, there's a handful of really strong examples, but one in particular that rings true is an operator who, he's a great business owner, nothing particularly, you know, red flaggy about how he kind of runs the ship. However, when we ran the Team 2.0 training for the very first time, he took it and ran with it, made the assets his own, so his own vision, his own playbook for the trainers, his own culture code, and it felt different with his team. So he set up a meeting and shared with them, like, this is where we're going and this is the way forward. And it was polarizing enough that not everyone wanted on the bus and that's exactly what it should do. You've got to get the right people on the bus and if they're not on board with that vision, bless and release. So anyway, he did that and he gave everyone very clear targets that they could rally around each other with. He then made sure that every week there was a meeting to work on the targets that they'd set with clear owner KPIs. The result of that was that the following month after he implemented all of that was that he had a record month. For the first time in about five months, he was at record numbers, record amount of sales, and he felt like he actually enjoyed running his business because he wasn't doing it alone so much. When was the last time he felt good about his business? Wish I could answer. I don't think he ever did, (laughs) which is the sad reality for a lot of people. Mm. He's not the only example of an owner who implemented this and then had record months afterwards, which I think is proof that any story you tell yourself about this is not going to work or my team would never love this as much as me is your own self-limiting belief. And the only reason why it's not going to work is if you don't do it. But that's the good news. Exactly. Because you have the power. You have the control. It's within you. And there's never been a better time in the history of the entire world than to change the trajectory of that thought than right fucking now. Yeah. Amen. Do the thing and send it to us. Vision, then your goals, then track it every single week with your KPIs. And I promise you, you'll feel much better about your business. You will start to grow and your team will feel much more aligned and you're bloody welcome. Thanks, guys. See you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If something resonated with you, then do one of two things. Either leave a review or send this episode to a mate who's in the industry who might need to hear this. But if you want more right now because your head might be spinning and you're like, all right, those, that what the hell do I do right now? Then in the show notes, you'll find a link to where you can book in for a free 15-minute checkup on your studio where we get to have a look at how you're going right now and where some of the kind of quick win opportunities are to get you moving faster. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And if you're listening to this right now, I want you to know that I love you, I appreciate you, I'm grateful for you, and I'm in your corner. You are on the right track, and I believe in you. So keep going, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.